Have you ever um, cleaned out a closet or a room? And then before you know it, that empty place just gets filled back up again. There's also that, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that show, uh, Extreme Hoarders, um, where people hoard things. And one of, I've only seen a couple, but one of the things that often happens is relatives will come and they will help that person clean their house out. But the problem is, is in a couple years, all that empty place, it's just filled back up again. Not only that, but if you talk to anyone who's been, uh, who's struggled with addiction or gone through a 12-step program, they'll tell you that, you know, getting rid of the drugs or the alcohol, that, that's only the first step because something's going to come and fill that empty place. And if you don't fill that empty place of what you got rid of, then the, the alcoholism or whatever is just going to come back again. These things reflect the truth that is spoken of in our scripture, that it's not just about getting rid of things, of emptying stuff. That's very necessary. There's things in our life that have to get, you have to get rid of them. But if you don't fill that place that, that was just emptied, something else is just going to come and fill it again. I think that's really one of the main things that Jesus is getting at with this scripture. Now, we're in the series on Matthew Right? We're going through the book of Matthew in chapter 12. Um, and this scripture, it concludes something we talked about last week. And so really last week is important context for this verse. And remember, context is very important. You always have to look at the context. So uh, there's, there's another context meme going up on your screen right now. That's right. So whenever you mention context or John mentioned context, it just puts a smile on my face. Um, but we need to. We need to understand, especially here, because this particular passage that John just read, it concludes something that started last week. Um, I mean, started in the last scripture that we looked at last week. And that is Jesus, remember, he cast out a demon, and that demon was having a physical effect on a person so that they were mute and um, they couldn't see. And Jesus, he cast that demon out. And remember, the, all the crowd said, wow, what a, this amazing work of power. This must be the Messiah. Jesus, he's working in God's power, so he must be God's Messiah. But then remember, the, the Pharisees in uh, verse 24, they say, oh, no, no. Um, it's by the power of Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that he casts out demons. So don't follow him. You know, he's, he's not doing this by the power of God. He's doing it by the power of Satan. And Jesus says, if, you're, if you look at God's power working in me and you hear my words and you assign that to Satan, then that shows that your heart is not right. And they ask for a sign. That is another sign because this, Jesus was doing these wonder-working signs, but they want a different one. And Jesus says, no, no sign is going to be given to this evil generation except for the sign of Jonah. And just as Jonah was in the whale for three days, so too will the Son of Man be buried three days and then rise again. He says, that's the, the sign that you're going to get. Well, so now we get to today's scripture. Now we've done the context, right? Important. That Jesus, he closes this episode out of, of casting out the demon 
by giving this illustration or this parable, some might call it. And that is, it's great that this man has been freed from this demon, but that's not enough. Ownership uh, or, or control by Satan must be replaced with ownership by the Spirit. Getting rid of an evil spirit must be replaced by receiving the Holy Spirit. So he tells this, this, um, this parable or this illustration in verse 43. Again, let's just look at it again. It's short enough. He says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person... It passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. And then it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also it will be with this evil generation. Now, the person from whom this demon was cast out, is much, he's much better, right? He's... He, um, he can speak and, and all of these things. But Jesus here is saying if he doesn't fill himself now with the spirit of God by becoming a child of God through faith in the son, then that empty place, okay, Jesus has cast the demon out. Now there's an empty place in him. That evil, those spirits can just return back. And this time they might return with a vengeance. This time they might, that evil might return even stronger so that it won't get removed again. Again, this really highlights the truth that, you know, getting bad stuff out of your life, it is necessary. It is. But if you don't replace it, other stuff will just come and fill that place up again. That's the truth that this particular scripture really highlights. But it's true. Like the first, the, the, the first step is, all right, get stuff out. There are things in each one of our lives that need to get cast out. And Jesus can do that. That's why people came to Jesus when they had a demon, when they had a sickness. And Jesus would cast those things out so that then the kingdom of God could infiltrate that part of their heart that had been filled with that evil. And sometimes people go to Jesus with one thing and he shows that, no, that's not really your issue. You need something else. So let me remove that. Like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'll follow you. But Jesus knew that that rich young ruler had greed in his heart that needed to be removed first if he was going to follow him. So the question that I have for us today is, what is... What needs to be cast out of your life? Okay, we got a couple questions up here on the screens. What needs to be cast out of your life? What is hindering you from walking in the freedom of Christ's kingdom? This is not a rhetorical question. And in fact, I want us, we don't usually do this, but I want us to take, I'm going to give us a couple moments of silence. But it's not for you to keep quiet. I mean, yes, no, I mean, be quiet and still. But it's for you to ask God. It's for me to ask God, what do I need to cast out? What needs to be cast out of my life? 
And maybe you already know. Maybe you know that there is something in your life that's afflicting you, and you really want that God, God to cast that out. Well, then instead of asking him what needs to be cast out of my life, ask him, Lord, do that today. Would you do that today? So let's take this moment. I'm going to give us a moment and, and pray this. It's on the screen. Pray these things. What's hindering me, Lord? What needs to be cast out today? Bitterness. What did the Lord reveal to you? What is in your heart that needs to be cast out? For some, it might be bitterness. I feel like someone today is holding on to a bitterness, and that's just eating you up from the inside out. The Lord wants you to get rid of that today, and he has the power to cast that from you. What else did God reveal to you? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it is a demon. Maybe there, you've been afflicted and it's been hanging around in your life and you need to get it out. Or maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's a sickness. All of these things that we need to get out of our lives, we have limited power in ourselves. I mean, sure, maybe we can get rid of one of them, and many people who aren't Christians will talk about, you know, going through a 12-step program, and they are able to get rid of something in their life, but oftentimes it's just replaced by something else. So we exchange the addiction to drugs to the addiction to something a little more, um, you know, I don't know, socially acceptable, like gambling or eating or something like that. But that's just one thing. We each have several things in our lives that we got to get out. Christ came to bring victory over all of these things. He has a power in him to, to heal, to cast out any demon, any evil. And in fact, that's why people came to Jesus, because they recognized, you know, I'm not able to free myself from this. But Jesus, you are. And he did. He freed them from that. So trust in Jesus. Come to go to him today and receive eternal life. And his spirit will invade your life and give you a power beyond yourself. A power that transforms our hearts. A power to remove those things that we can't remove on our own. Step into Christ's kingdom. Step into his victory and his, his victory over sin, his victory over death, his victory over suffering, over evil, over the demonic will be your victory. That's what we have in Jesus. Are you with me? Amen. Now, many of you, I know you're thinking, well, I've trusted in Jesus. I've entered his kingdom. I've received his spirit. But there's still a struggle. We still struggle to make his victory a reality in our lives. 
in every part of our life. So for many, maybe there's a past trauma that is, it still, it still haunts you. It's still a shadow that whenever you make decisions, whatever you do, it's, it, it affects you. And God wants to cast that out of your life so that you can walk in the freedom that he won for you. Or maybe you, you know, when you look at your heart, you don't, you don't know why, but you're just so judgmental. And your judgmentalism, it undermines your relationships. It undermines you and what God has called you to do. And you want to get it out. And you've tried so many times. Or maybe, again, there's some other demonic force that's oppressing you. Because there's many things, whether it's demonic or sin or whatever, that, yes, you belong to Christ. But there's these internal forces, these external forces hanging around, undermining you. Undermining what God has for you. So what is still afflicting you? If you're a Christian, you say, these things are still afflicting me. Well, we are spiritual, we are emotional, we are physical beings. And salvation moves us into Christ's kingdom, but then we still have things of this world that afflict us. This world is already not yet. We sang that song, I'll Fly Away, right? And that looks to the time where will, Christ will come back and bring full and final victory, where all sin and death and suffering, sickness, all that will be totally done away with. But right now we live in this already not yet kind of thing, where already Christ has won the victory. Already his spirit is available. Already that power is working, but it's not yet complete. So that there's still things in this life, in this world that afflict us. There's still parts of our hearts where, yes, Christ has won victory over this part, but then there's another part. And it's, it's kind of hanging on. And we can't get rid of it. This already, not yet. But that doesn't mean we just sit back and say, well, I guess that's it. It means we continue to go to God. And say, God, will you remove this from me? We come to Jesus like the crowds and say, Jesus, will you remove this affliction? And sometimes, though, on this side of heaven, God will say, not yet. Not on this side of heaven. The apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And he, we don't know what it was, but he prayed. He said it was a messenger of Satan. He prayed three times that God would remove it. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning that in this not yet period, sometimes God allows things to remain that we want to go. But he has his purposes. But that should not keep us from continuing to go to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm not yet fully free of this thing. Again, whatever it was that God revealed to you, and that's why I wanted us to pray. And some of you already know that there's this thing that you want out of your life. But the question I also have is, let's say God in his power removes that thing. Whatever it is, what's going to go in there? What's going to replace what he just removed? Will getting this thing out allow you to do what you want or will it allow you to more do what God wants? 
In fact, as this whole demon casting out and teaching were going on, right, Jesus, his mo- Jesus' mother and his brothers were outside wanting to speak with him. And this is what he says. He says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, the mother, uh, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now we might think, all right, well, how is this related to the, it's not just getting the bad stuff out, but getting the spirit in idea. How does this How do these things go together? Because contextually, they do. Well, doing God's will, it's not just what you don't do. It's what you do. (laughs) It's not just removing the bad, but it's being filled with the good. And being filled with the good in the Bible is described as doing the will of God. Right? The good stuff is doing God's will. That sets you apart as as a, a, a family member of God. It's not just, oh, I, you know, I'm a part of the family of God, so I don't do these things. Oh, I'm a part of the family of God, so I step into God's will. I'm filled with his spirit. And this, this statement was really radical in that time because family connections in that day and age were so much closer than they are today. Generally in our society, yeah, they're not that close. But in that day, family bonds, they were emphasized. And so that showed two things. One is that God inviting us into his family was amazing that we could be a part and uh, an unbreakable part of his family. But it also shows that attachment to God has to be our top relationship in our life. And that if you are in his kingdom, then he needs to reign in your life. If you're a part of his household, he is the head of the household. Again, it's not just removing things contrary to his kingdom, but filling up with God's will. So the next question I have for us is, you know, you might be on board. You might be like, yeah, I got some stuff I need to get out. But again, what's going to fill that place? And in fact, you may have given up on getting stuff out of your life because you know things just fill up on it, fill, up, uh, fill your life. Well, that's where it's so crucial to now ask God, God, what is your main assignment for me? What priorities in this season of your life, what, yeah, what are your priorities? What, need, what do you need to fill your life with? Because as I said, if it's just about getting stuff out, something's going to fill in it. Circumstances are going to fill it. Your own desires are going to fill it. You know that. And so now, let's make a space. Take a couple quiet minutes for you to actually ask God this. God, what is your main assignment for me In this time of my life, what are my priorities or what are the priorities that you are giving me? Let's take a couple moments to think that, to pray that.
the Lord has revealed something to you for others, you know, you already know what needs to be a priority. And now it's time to ask God, God, help me to be filled in that. Some of you, you're in a season of life where you're called to care for loved ones. You know, we're doing this the dementia program next, um, next Sunday, and maybe that's what God's calling you. It's like this season of your life, one of your priorities is to care for a loved one. That is a high calling. For others, you know that God wants you to step into service of him, that you've got a gift You've got a calling. Now it's time to fill your life with that. It's like breathing. We breathe so much we don't think about it, but when you breathe, you first, you, you know, you exhale. You know, when you exhale, you're exhaling that, that carbon dioxide, this stuff that you're, it's not good for your body, it's toxic, so you gotta get it out. <sighs> you breathe it out. But that's not enough, not enough to live, is it? You gotta breathe in. <sighs> what is God calling you to breathe out? <sighs> What's he calling you to breathe in? And sometimes, like when we're a baby, <laughs> When we're, when we're first born, sometimes things fill our lungs that's good, but not for, just for a season, like the amniotic fluid. When a baby comes out, what is the, before the baby takes a breath, what does the baby need to do? Needs to <laughs> cough, get all that stuff out, so that then that baby can take the first breath. And then the rest of our lives is spent Breathing. But there's different times of life where you might need help breathing. Get bronchitis, get something like that. And then you go to somebody else and say, I'm having trouble breathing. My lungs are filled. I got to get this stuff out. Or I just need more oxygen. My, my lungs aren't processing the oxygen right. Life is a, is a, is a process of exhaling, inhaling. But God is, wants you to think about today, what am I breathing out? What am I breathing in? What does my life, this season of my life, what do I need to breathe out and breathe in? But just a note on filling up. Because <laughs> we're finite beings. We only have a certain amount of time in a day. And so as I talked about with the baby illustration, you know, maybe it's not something that evil that's filling up your life because a lot of times we can see that. We know, oh, there's an evil in this. There's an evil in me that needs to get out. But uh, there can also be things that just occupy the space of your life that crowd out that space to even receive the spirit, to even be filled. And, and they, sometimes they're just neutral things. Sometimes they're good things, but not for this season. My wife and I, we go back and forth over um, two different gardening approaches. Uh, mine is, hey, if it's growing, just leave it. <laughs> like, don't be pulling it out. And so when you do that, though, what happens is your whole garden starts to get taken over by the Siberian irises that just really, they'll just grow and crowd everything out. And then they're kind of nice. 
or flocks. And I'm like, Wendy, don't pull that stuff out. And she's like, if we don't pull it out, nothing else can grow here. I mean, sure, that's an okay flower, but her vision for that garden is to have more abundance, to have variety, for it to be even more beautiful than just a couple different things. But you got to take something out, a good thing, a flower, in order to put something in there. And some of us are, are settling for a life filled with decent things instead of all that God has for us. So this idea about taking stuff out to put stuff in, it's not just evil things. Sometimes it's just the regular things of life. Because God has a vision for your life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. But sometimes we don't experience that fullness because our life is so crowded with things. Sometimes good things. But my question is, do you even have space in your life to check God's will and be filled with his spirit? So some of you, when I had that little time of silence, you were unsettled. You were unsettled because that's an empty place and it needs to be filled. And so many times we don't leave that space in our life and invite God to come and fill that place. We go from thing to thing. And I'm preaching to myself here too. Appointment to appointment, filling our lives instead of stopping and saying, God, this is an empty place now that I'm purposefully setting apart for you to fill. Because I'm tired of my life being filled with the circumstances, with the things that I want. I want you to fill my life with the things that you want. But we don't have that space. We're not comfortable in that space of emptiness because we know things fill it. But I'm telling you, that doesn't have to be how it is. It can be a time where you open that space and invite God to fill you with his spirit. <laughs> so that you are filled with what he has for you. You know, Jesus gave this illustration about the spirits coming back because the goal in this life, it's not just to be demon-free, it's to be spirit-filled. Yeah. And when Jesus, he, uh, in the Gospels, he sends the, the, the apostles out, right? And they cast out demons. They help free people from their burdens, whether it's demonic or, or some other thing, some other sickness. And they come back and they are stoked. They are so happy. And they're like, Jesus, you wouldn't believe it that even the demons are cast out in your name. And then in Luke 10, uh, 20, he says this. Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Whatever wonder-working power happens on this earth, it's but a reflection of Christ and his eternal kingdom. And all of the things that happen in our lives are meant to bring us to who Christ is. So my friends, today I invite you to breathe. I invite you to exhale those things that need to get out of your life, some evil things, some demonic things, but yes, also some just good things, but plain things, because there's no space for you to 
Breathe in all that God has for you. Breathe in that spirit of God. And so I want you to do that today. I want you to think about breathing. I want you the rest of this day for the rest of the time to think about breathing. And you know, as we sing our last song, there are times in life. I mean, yes, you can go to God, you can ask him to remove whatever and fill you by yourself, and I hope that you all do that. But there's other times in life where you're like, I need help. Now, especially you men who are stubborn and don't go to the doctors, um, there are times where, yeah, you need to, to see someone else, but you're not alone. Yes, you have God with you, but you also have your church family. You have us here so that if there's something that is afflicting you and you say, I want to get this out, whether it's demonic or whether it's sickness or whether it's sin or whether it's your bitterness, whatever it is, we'll pray for you. You know, I'm down here to pray. We'll have a prayer team in the back because, you know, I've been dealing with this. and I, It's time God showed that to me today. I need to get this out. Let's pray for you and, and so that you can get that out. Or maybe there's something where you just know, God, I need to be filled with your spirit. Because we're not just going to pray, God, get this, get whatever out of you. We're going to say, God, fill this person with your spirit. Fill them with your purposes, with your power, with your plan. Or maybe you're still not even sure about that. I don't even know what God wants to fill my time up with right now. Pray for you. Because we're not meant I mean, yes, we breathe on our own, but there's times in life when we're born, also when we're struggling. It's so good to go some, to somebody and say, would you help me? Would you help me get this out? Would you help me be, fill my lungs? That's what we can do together. That's what I want us to do during this time. Let's pray. God, we breathe out, we exhale those things that you would not have for us during this season. Lord, some evil things, but also just some neutral things. Show us, Lord. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Bring us to that point of understanding what needs to go. But then, Lord, would you fill us, fill our lungs with your purposes, with your power, with your spirit. Because we know, Lord, that we can't do this. We know that our lives will get filled up with something. And we come to you now and ask that we would be filled with your spirit, with your kingdom. Let your kingdom come, Lord, in our lives, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I, Spirit, I pray that you'd move in this place as we sing this song, that you would put in us that desire, that desire to exhale, to inhale, that we would come to you, Lord, wherever we're at, Lord, be working in us now so that we would not leave here the same, that we will have exhaled, we will have inhaled, and then we would continue that throughout the days ahead. So do that wonder-working power in us, Lord. We need you now. Work in the way that only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.